Flying Casuals brought to you by Patreon supporters Brent, Andy Dugan, David Bush, Rob Patsky, Jory Webb, Kelly Breckner, Nate Edison, and Wes Anderson. May the force be with you. You're listening to Flying Casual, a Star Wars podcast. Here's your host, Michael Canterbury. Star Wars fam, welcome back to Flying Casual. This is our monthly special casual council hangout with our Patreon Jedi Knights and Jedi Masters here. Uh, Holly, I would say we have a few skilled masters here with us. The rest of our group, once again, out fighting in the galaxy. Yeah, I think that we have a couple members out in the Outer Rim. Oh, just doing lots of Outer Rim nonsense. That's right. Luke is one of them right now. Yep. Andy is another. Andy is another. Causing some ruckus out there in the Outer Rim, Mm -hmm. um, as usual. So hopefully those guys are staying safe, not dabbling too much in the dark. We still need them on the council. But uh, we do have with us, first off... One of our our newbies, our, our you know he may be he may be a youngling here on the council, but he still likes to bring the pain. It is our Jedi Knight, Mister Rob. How's it going, Rob? It's going great, Michael. How you doing? Oh yeah, let's Holy. go. Let's bring the pain. You may you may be mistaken if you think that is Macho Man Randy Savage <laughs> back from the grave. It is not. That is our in house. We'll call him Macho Man. Rob. Jedi Macho Man Rob. Jedi Macho Man Rob. I like that. He has been knighted <laughs> as such. Uh, how's it going, buddy? Anything new going on in the pain world? Actually, it just came off of a podcast 15 minutes before we started this because I wanted to talk about Tecmo Super Bowl. And so it's just all about football gaming. I'm pretty sure I was pretty decent at that back in the game, back in the yeah. day. I mean, was that a Sega? Was that a Sega Dreamcast? Dreamcast. Whoa. Sega Genesis game. There you go. I'm pretty sure, maybe wasn't well, it? No. Yeah, they had it for this, the the 16-bit systems, 8-bit systems, and I mean, it even went to the 32-bit systems. Boy, I recall those days, just going to the boxcar video in town and renting that bad boy, um, sitting up in my attic room, Holly. It was 98 degrees playing video games. That sounds miserable. It's good times. We didn't care then. What's that? We didn't care. We would sit. We would sit oh, in yeah. 98 degrees. No cares. If that happened now, we'd just be on the floor. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. My mom's like, I cannot believe you survived up there. I'm like, Sega's up there, Mom. That's why I'm playing it. Priorities. That's right. That's right. We also have another fellow gamer in the house, our good friend, Jedi Master, Nettie. Nate, how's it going, my friend? It's going pretty well. Let's go. That shirt looks sick, by the way, Nettie. I mean, that's a Patreon exclusive. To our masters who recently got some packages. Um, COVID had a delayed Holly, but they actually got there. Finally. Finally got there. So it's a little special things in there for those guys. But uh, Nettie joined the stream last night, Holly. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was um, a lot of Battlefront. Boy, a lot of Battlefront. A little bit of Racer. I think I heard that we were inspiring to Nettie, and he had to try to play Battlefront again. Nettie, you're back in the Battlefront world. You picked up the sticks today. How did we perform? Maybe that's a personal question. <laughs> I think Holly put it best by saying he tried to get back into it. So. It's been a yeah. long time since I played, and I got all that COD and Destiny and all of that mixing in there, but... Mm. 
I gave it my shot. <laughs> that's it's. I mean, that, that's a tough thing to do. Uh, I, I also dabble in Destiny. I, I don't want to say that I kill it at Trials, but you know that was four years ago. But uh, mm-hmm. you go from Destiny to Battlefront. It's difficult. One I recall is is much quicker than the other. I thought it was Destiny, but I could be wrong. But uh, but we'll have to get on there and, and 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 knock out some noobs. We'll bring Rob in as well because I, I, I was actually afraid that Rob was the one killing us last night, Holly. I think Michael said that he was like, "Rob, is that you?" I was pretty certain was, he was on there killing us. I I I, I no, I, I didn't log on. I've been on to uh, Modern Warfare a lot Let's recently. Go. It's been a and while. Then, I mean, I, I'm doing that, and then. Little Molly over there got me playing that Fortnite now, Let's and now go. we're like winning <laughs> matches in Fortnite. That's, and I'm just like, God, that's man, a fun game. Stops. That's a fun game, and, and I'll be honest, Holly, Holly witnessed it. My first time, I what did I get? Second place or something, Holly? Yeah, killed we, it. Yeah, that was pretty surprising. Had no idea what I was doing. Found a lightsaber though and started uh, murdering right. people, which was fantastic. But Nettie, you were on the stream last night, the first ever flying casual stream, and I want you to tell everyone listening your honest opinion. <laughs> Decent stream or greatest stream you've ever seen in your life. Those are your options. There's the only two <laughs> options. Oh, I'll go for the greatest. That's what I'm talking fun. about. It was a good time. That's what I'm talking definitely about. Definitely recommend it. If you can catch one, definitely do it. Boy, I would yeah. say probably longest stream of all time. Boy. Not even just us, of like the world. Guys, it was impromptu. We were like, we are bored. Yeah, it go. is Friday night. Tequila let's play day. some games. National yeah. Tequila Day. So we were drinking fine. a lot of rum. It happens. But uh, yeah, so join us on there next time because that, that was, I mean, I couldn't see anything. I, my contacts were dried up. It was like 1 a.m. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. I'm just slashing people with sabers. So next time uh, we'll be a little more prepared, a little less intoxicated. I think the the, the, the juices <laughs> were flowing. Uh, and so that maybe contributed to some of the not so great uh, gameplay there, but uh, sure. really appreciated that he's stopping by and witnessing that slaughter. Uh, but we will bring him in on our in our uh, in our group next time. And when boy, when Squadrons releases, this group uh. is going to unleash on fellow Star Wars fans. I'm, we're going to feel really bad about it, but it's going to be it's going to be ugly. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a like- lot of fun. I just the only thing I gotta say we'll, maybe we'll talk about squadrons later is like I said the dynamic dynamics of the game when they show you that one scene where it kind of does that loop it makes me feel like we're gonna be able to use these flyers like cars oh yeah like in Mario Kart where you used to do really cool skins and like hit your boys with bananas and shit. oh absolutely. There might be some bananas packed on those TIE Fighters. I don't know. Haven't done any of the gameplay yet. Guys, Haven't got to test it out. Serious yeah. question. Are oh. there even bananas in Star Wars? Wow, that's a personal question, Holly, wow. for one. But uh, I would say there's probably some... Just sausages. Just, just <laughs> only sausages. I mean, full circle. The only sausage-shaped thing in Star Wars is a sausage. So that's... Gotcha. That, I mean, yeah. Nice oh, plug on that. kind of sausage-shaped. <laughs> it's true. Hey, folks, our last... Jedi Master here on the council with us tonight is one of the greatest um, of the casual fam and uh, longtime listener, longtime friend, longtime family member, Master Brett. Busy. I, I think I think he might be creating a concoction, a potion right now or something. Maybe studying the witchcraft here. I'm not sure what's going on, Holly. He actually may have just gotten back from Dathomir. Maybe. Found some ancient texts yeah. and copied them His down. His eyes are looking awfully green tonight. Brent, how is it going, my friend? I'm doing really good. Just glad to be here talking some Star Wars with everybody. That's what, that's no. what I'm talking about. 
it's going to be good. That's what I'm talking about. And, and folks, tonight, I mean, there's we're going to be pulling stuff out of God knows hidden Whoa. places in Star Whoa. Wars. I don't know. These guys are deep and sweaty in it. We're talking about the Force tonight. And Brent reached out to us and said, guys, let's talk about the Force. Let's talk about all aspects of it. And I'm like, I'm down, Holly. But the Force to me sometimes is a feeling. You That's know? right. Sometimes you feel it, you know, tingling around in places. Definitely a phrasing. Sometimes you feel it out there, you know, in the universe on Dagobah. It's just, you know, I kind of go to where the Force pulls me. But these guys are much better versed in the force. I will say that. Um, and I know they've done some research. I know Britt is doing research as we speak on the force, maybe dabbling into some of that night sister witchcraft as we talked about Holly. Yeah. I think we'll have to check in throughout this cast to see how that's going. That's right. <laughs> Potions are just smoke is just <laughs> rising and Brent is looking more and more concerned. He's like, guys, I'm pretty sure I just exercised a demon of some sort. <laughs> we see some green flames <laughs> rising behind him. Oh my God. Brent, please make it happen. Happen, I I would just be floored. I have enough alcohol here. I can get stuff done. <laughs> yeah, enough. Something's go. gonna happen. Absolutely, some potions. I am so down. Um, and I just I this is live here. I just we just got word from Jory too. Another one of our Jedi masters says he'll be on in five. Is he talking about five parsecs? Is he talking about five minutes? Five hours? I don't know. Jory, be more specific. Love that guy. Um, but he's gonna be popping five in here months. soon. Yeah. Five what? Five Hans. Five Hans. Yeah, we, we, we don't know. Five Hans. We don't know how he's measuring this out, but it's uh, I'm assuming five minutes. So he's probably going to be dropping in, dropping in here and, and interrupting. So we'll, we'll check in with him here soon. But uh, we're talking about the force, Brent. And I know you have I know you're going to be driving a lot of this. I know you have ideas and, and I, I don't know where we want to start this, but I'll just give a, a little bit of my kind of insight into the force. And to me. I feel like after the Disney transition, we had a before the Disney transition, I guess, which I should say is we had a very complicated force. And I mean, you had you had dozens and dozens of books that talked about the force. You, you had all these different clans and followers and, and beliefs, and, and it was muddy. And it seemed like we kind of reset with the Disney acquisition and maybe things I mean, you could pull up wikipedia yourself and type in the force and go to the canon side of things only a few paragraphs you go to the legend side boy but you better be ready to do some reading because it's pretty extensive and there's links to god knows where on the interweb so i feel like they've they've simplified things a little bit and 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 I'm, i'm assuming that's that's purposeful obviously not to erase all the past but to pick some of the best pieces of it and make the force a little more universal is is that is that how you're kind of looking at at the the future of star wars and the force i think that's kind of where they've gone with a little bit they did clean up a lot of the legends mess which i mean the legends was just a mess to begin with it was great and all but you know it was still messy um and yeah going through looking at wikipedia um just because you know it's pretty concise and those guys are if you put something up incorrect they're gonna pop it down yeah you know so it's a good source of information um and then from there they have links to everything else where they're getting it from so if you want to you know read the source information you can just follow the link to it and grab the book um so it's really good but yeah it does seem like they've cleaned it up quite a bit but at the same time with the things that they've done recently and not fully explaining what they've done you know they just muddied it in different areas (laughs) yeah that's a great um, point that's a great point but, I mean, going through, like, looking up some of the stuff, you know, I was able to find out some more, of, you know, clarification on the Force Dyad and, you know, how that actually formed between uh, Ben or Kylo and Ray, yes. um, which was kind of interesting and stuff like that. So I'm sure we'll touch on that here in a little bit. 
Yeah, that's um, one of those things that is really messy, right? We're just like, okay, they don't even understand it. Palpatine doesn't understand it. Who yeah. understands this? Luke, I don't <laughs> think. Maybe he does. I don't know. Holly? I mean, Ben had to learn about it from somewhere to say we are a dyad in the Force. Yeah. I don't know. That's a great point. Where did Ben learn is, this from? Is that I, ben learned it all from Luke. From Luke? See, I, Luke Skywalker's holding back. By looking through this stuff? Yeah. Because Not my Luke Once I went through it, because I went through it. You know, I was trying to get the timeline, too, so we can go over some history, you know, because yeah. yeah. it's stuff, you know, if you haven't really dove into this, I'm sure there's listeners out there that, you know, are, are casual and, you know, some are more hardcore. So, you know, yeah. this is probably try to make it educational. And I know from previous casual councils, you know, it's a subject we've kind of tiptoed around, yep. you know, kind of getting into. But let's we, go. I think we all know it requires a little bit more preparation than just let's kind of willy nilly it. Absolutely. And then uh, so I just went, hey, you know, this is a good time to let's let's do it. Let's get a little heads up and. Let's talk the Force. Right, Absolutely. I mean, it's really, it's what makes Star yeah. Wars, Star Wars. I mean, without without the Force, Star Wars is just sci-fi and it's whatever. But, you know, you add in the space magic and that changes the entire movie. It does, so. right? It, it, it gives you, as simple as it was in the original trilogy, it was, it was open-ended to, uh, enough to know that, or for like sure. younglings watching who maybe, you know, were down on their luck or I, I know... Um, I know Ez back in the day had a great story about, you know, having, having limitations and what he could do and watching these movies was an escape for him. And I know that's the case for a lot of people. So that open-ended, like you can do anything with the force kind of, um, was, was, was a great thing for, I think young listeners and stuff. And it's, I'm inspired a generation, multiple generations. And so, Sometimes I kind of like that it's a little more open-ended like that. And I know there's a lot of people that don't and want things to be a little more specific, right? And wait, can he do this? This dude's only been practicing the Force a couple of years. Mm. Should he be able to bring down a TIE fighter? I don't know. The Force works in mysterious ways, Michael. It always does. You know, and it calls to people differently. It it always does. Now... Robin, am I mistaken in that I know you like those fine details, some of that kind of legends. I don't want to, I don't know, like hardcoreness. I don't know. What, what is it? What is it? It's for me, you got to include the video games as well too, because when you start talking force, like Brent was just saying you, the books talk about a lot of other forces Yeah, and then the video games, you get to use a Mm -hmm. lot of different forces. Like, if you played the Super Nintendo version of it, where you got, like, you know, Super Star Wars, Super Empire Strikes Back, Super Jedi, you got different forces, and you learn them along the way. And then you had, like, Star Wars Galaxies, where they made the they made the Jedi, like, three different classes, like a yeah. defensive, an offensive one, like a healing one, yeah. kind of like World of Warcraft. So, when you look at that, it's, it's immense, and... Maybe Canon might have mudded it down like yeah. Brent was saying, but I think sometimes that's what limits it to make it easier for other people. Yeah. But people like us and the casual, we how can you not want more than that? So for me, like when you saw Starkiller, you know, yeah. bring down that destroyer yeah. out of the sky, like you've never seen that. And then you go to the movies, which is very limited, yeah. and you've seen Palpatine just go boosh yep. in the air. Yeah. Like, now that's true. That, that's it, it is. It could be confusing, and I can see how like someone really big in the games does see Star Killer bring down 
that Star Destroyer and be like, okay, that's amazing. I want more of that. I want more of this kind of old Republic-y kind of feel. And then, yeah, you, you see a more limited force and it's a little vague. And, yeah, I can definitely see how that can ruffle some people's feathers. Um, but, you know, they do want to keep it. They want to plead, and they're always going to in the game, right? Like, even Cal, you kind of had to upgrade Cal throughout the game, and you had to learn things and even in Fallen Order. Um, So you probably will always have that to a certain extent, and and, uh, um, but trying to, you know, keep it open-ended for some people who maybe don't want to dig in as much and aren't going to question, like, how did Luke Skywalker reach out to everyone there on crate and reveal himself? Like, what did he have to do? I want to kind of know how he learned it, but yeah. I kind of like that. It's a little more open than it. And I know our, our in-house encyclopedia, uh, Luke Elder would say, you know, he was really just kind of tapping into the force and opening himself up to it in that moment of need. And he was able to kind of do that. It wasn't so much of like a book that he studied likely, but uh, so I totally get it. And it's a little blend of everything is nice, but uh, Nettie is, I mean, how deep do you get into the force, man? I mean, you're a big gamer too, but is that something you're looking for in star Wars? Are you checking, you know, Luke Skywalker's skill set against Revan and being like, if these two went to battle, like, I mean, Luke maybe is a little more defensive. I don't know. Revan seems a little more offensive. Like, is that something you're looking into? Oh man. And I say, I don't say I get that, that deep into it. Say, um, I probably know most of the force from the, movies i mean yeah. obviously i do play a lot of the games and you get it there and it's it is kind of like a interesting balance because i mean when you do make a game with a force wielder they kind of make it like you know that upgrade that yeah. level up system and i know like ryan johnson specifically like made a comment about like the last jedi that like that's not what the force is like that's why he made luke what he was yeah so that's kind of a delicate balance i think um definitely an interesting way to look at things too i think absolutely yeah i mean last jedi you know rattled a lot of feathers for a lot of different reasons but yeah that absolutely being one expected something of luke skywalker uh, to be you know massively you know powerful in the force and to do all these epic jedi master things i argue that he did but you're right like that was a huge topic of conversation for a lot of star wars fans so i totally agree with that and, and folks we just are now Grace, with the presence of our good friend, Jedi Master, Joy Webb. How are you? You're looking super tan still, my friend. Are you rested enough to discuss <laughs> Star Wars after that softball game, or how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Um, I, uh, yeah, it was a long day. It was a really long day. Um, I probably sweat out about three gallons of water today. Let's go. So uh, it's, it, it, it was good. It was good, though. Crack, crack open a uh, Jack I'm, and Pepsi. Get you get rested. Don't well, actually, um, it's straight water tonight, but uh, like <laughs> gotta stay hydrated. Got another game at seven forty-five tomorrow morning. So. Holy moly! Why would a human yeah. do themselves to this in this heat? <laughs> right. I admire you for it. I admire it for it. Yeah, I cracked into mine about one o'clock. That was probably a mistake, but <laughs> mistake for sure. Jory, we're talking about the force tonight. We're all just kind of going around, just kind of easing into things, you know, and it, it's going to get sweaty. I'm sure here in a little bit. And we're going to, uh, Brent's going to, Brent has, you know, a, a bit of a timeline for us to talk about these things. He's done some re- research. He's bringing the knowledge to us here in a little bit, but so we're just kind of talking about like, you looking at the force, like what? What do you ex- when we, when you talk about the force? What do you expect from it? Are you looking at like 
a skill set level like Luke Skywalker should be able to bring down, you know, uh, the the moons of Diego uh, or e- e- D- I don't even know if that's a Star Wars moon or not, but he should be able to bring yeah. it down with the, the with the flick of a wrist uh, for how powerful he is. Or you, you look at the forces as more of a kind of open-ended discussion maybe even a spiritual one at times like i'd like to dig into a little bit like what do you i i want to get an idea for all like where we all kind of stand and and it'll be interesting to see kind of where the discussion goes so you my friend jory when you look for the force what do you what are you looking to get from it see i i don't i i think that my approach to everything Star Wars is just continuing to learn, um, you know. And so when I think of the Force, um, you know, originally I thought of, obviously, you know, just Luke Skywalker and yeah. and uh, Darth Vader, you know, battling it out. And, yeah. and then um, once you start, you know, getting a little bit deeper into it, you start realizing that the Force, um, you know, the, the model of the Force that um, – that George Lucas brought to Star Wars is almost, um, is almost just a religion. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, you know, how he, he went about it, you know, and, and I don't know about a ton of different religions, um, growing up Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but the thought of the force actually, you know, how it is everywhere and it, you know, it binds us, it penetrates us, you know, it Mm -hmm. is all consuming. Um, honestly, Growing up, um, in like I said, in, in a Christian house, like God is not a you know in the Bible, God is not a, a big man in the sky. You know, He's everywhere. It's almost similar to that of the Force being you know everywhere. And so you know, and I'm not going to go into a big religious thing, but <laughs> but um, but as far as like you know the the way that George brought that to Star Wars, um. I think he got a little bit of that from yeah. Christianity, yeah. and I don't know if if he if he you know, uh, sorry, there's a fly in here. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he uh, if he drew from other religions as well, um, because I'm you know I'm not a scholar in all this, but it seems like a lot of the things that that Jedi do with the Force um, are kind of like miracles in the Bible yeah. as well, uh, you know, especially once you get into the new canon. Um, with bringing someone back to life, you know, mm-hmm. things like that, you know, uh, there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of things that, that, uh, that correlate, you know, with each other, having the light in the dark as well, Absolutely. you know, the dark side's almost being like a demonic thing. And, yeah. you know, I mean, there, there's, a, there's a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of, uh, correlations to, to the two. Um, but, you know, uh, as far as me and what I think of when I think of the Force, um, you know, I, I just I just like to continue to learn, you know, and, and, and see what, you know, people have to say about it. Uh, honestly, I didn't do my homework as well as I probably should have <laughs> on this topic. And I'm hoping that Brent can, you know, give us some good conversation. I can just chime in every now and then. Uh, dude, there's no worries about that. I, I think all of us, we all are just going to be tapping into what we know and why we, that's that's kind of what I want to give it up. Because we have conversations about Star Wars all the time, but we we, we don't really kind of talk about like, you know, 
we talk about the force a little bit, but what exactly are you expecting from those conversations? And, and I don't want anyone to be bored by any means. And, and uh, you know, everyone's going to have their own opinions and, and we're all going to influence each other and, and respect that. And I like what you're saying about the, the, you know, there being a religious aspect and a tone and a spiritual one, good versus evil. And even when you mentioned, you know, the afterlife, even I'm thinking the cosmic force and only the light side can do it. You can become one with the force and you can actually still, you know, live through the force. Um, so you're right. There's definitely some references there. I'm sure there's Christian references. There's some influence in, in Buddhism and, and, and other things. So it's, it's, I, I would I would love to know where George Lucas was at the time when he was like writing all of this out and this is just is he just capturing from you know a lot of different sources or is he talking about more of a, a personal experience that he actually had a long time ago in a, gal- a galaxy far far away Holly I like to think that George actually lived that life. Yeah, I was and he's wondering explaining it to us. when you were like, yeah. I would love to know where George Lucas was. I was like, you mean like physically, mentally, mm. emotionally? Well, yeah. Spiritually. I mean, probably all of all, the above. All, all <laughs> the above. I mean, who knows what he was smoking when he wrote Star Wars? I don't. He could, he could have been under the influence as well. Um, was he doing shrooms? He could have been doing something. I mean, I know, you know, I'm, I'm not that Late creative. 60s, early 70s, I mean. Exactly. you got to remember the time period and what was going out there on the it's West Coast. It's not outside of the realm of possibility. You're absolutely right. Maybe George still taps into that now and again, and maybe he's like, you know what? I'll write the damn sequel trilogy. Give me that shrooms. Um, but Holly, I, you and I, I, I think most of the time you just listen to me babble about the Force, and you keep your opinions to yourself a lot of times. Sure. You're just like, just talk yourself to sleep so I can have some peace. Keep drinking that rum. When you think of the force, what are you expecting from that conversation? I like to believe that the force kind of allows people to use it in ways that maybe are influenced by their personalities or... Um, their intentions. Yeah. Um, Because I know earlier tonight when we were looking into some of the facts about the force, we do know that there is a difference between what force abilities and capabilities you have if you are a dark side user or if you're on the light side and the force doesn't allow you to do things. Like if you're on the dark side, we learned, like Mm -hmm. you said, you can't be a force ghost. You can't come back. You can't have that preservation. Yeah. And I think after seeing all the different ways that people have used the Force throughout the TV shows, the books, the movies, I like the scope that's there. You have, I mean, you have healing, you have that communication with animals or other, like, non-human beings. You have, you know, the knowledge, you have the actual Force powers, lifting rocks, moving things, Force choking um, there's the force lightning on the dark side. I just think overall the large scope of it is kind of what I like to see. Yeah. Especially I know that um, Rob was talking about the video games earlier. Something that I really like from playing Fallen Order was kind of getting to grow Cal's skills as a force user. Yeah. And I thought that that was a really fun experience to have. And I really enjoyed that and saying like these are the things that I need on my journey and the force is going to help me get there because – it almost seems to like intuitively know that that's going to help me get to where I need to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, is the force like a living kind of thing? There's some yeah. out there in the star Wars universe, the, the actual like characters and, and clans mm-hmm. that believe it's almost like 
I guess you could say like a deity that like in a time of need, it can, it can, you know, it seeks you out and gives yeah. you what you need. Cause I think something that we kind of talked about on one of the casts that kind of sparked this conversation in the group was our conversation with Yumi and Luke talking about the force and how different individuals in the galaxy learn how to mm-hmm. use the force. And to me, I feel like that's something that if you are force sensitive, it, comes to you as you need it like i guess if you take the rise of skywalker for example when ray kind of pulls the ship that has chewy in it down that's not something that she learned that's not something that she actively Mm -hmm. seeked on her own like oh i want to know how to use force lightning it just came to her anger fear all coming out in her and just pulling that thing down with some force lightning so all of that's very intriguing to me how some people are able to use the force in ways that they weren't actually trained in yeah Yeah, that's that's definitely it seems like that's maybe more of a new age thing too and i don't i i want to digest so much of what you just said um (laughs) and i don't know if i can but you talk about when you talk about the dyad you talk about the force healing you talk about luke projecting himself across the galaxy i mean we tend to think we think about those star killer moments that rob brought up bringing down a starship we're like jesus how do they do that that's fantastical yeah it's like now that I think about it, the new canon events we've witnessed are much more fantastical than some dude bringing down a ship, right? It's like Luke projected himself. Yeah. Ray's healing people. Like, it's just, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's not that different. Maybe it's just even more complex and complicated and, and like Brent said earlier, a little muddy. We, we really don't know where this stuff comes from. Um, so, Brent, I know you're going to take us back in time. And, I mean, we could be going back thousands. We could be going back tens of thousands of years. I have no idea. But all I know is back in those days, we've been talking, like, maybe even, like, older public days. I mean, you got the, you got people like the uh, the Sith Emperor who's, like, literally draining planets of life to, to, to make himself stronger. Like, that's a pretty fantastical idea. Yeah. Um, be interesting to see on film, but uh, maybe keep that one in Legends. I feel like that's the ultimate power. Like, <laughs> no one should have that. But uh, so where are we going back in the Force time? Well, I guess, I mean, kind of, I guess the general timeline, we might as well start there. We can kind of build from there or whatever just to kind of get a basis. Um, so I guess we'll start at the very beginning. Let's go. You know. Very good place to start. That's right. The song goes. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, according to Wikipedia and the, and the timeline, um, going back eons, and we'll go with uh, before the Battle of Yavin as yeah. the common uh, break in the timelines for the for Star Wars or whatever. Um, so eons ago, uh, the midichlorians were birthed in the wellspring of life somewhere <sighs> in the deep core. Um, Boy. Where that was at. And then shortly after that, the father, son, and daughter were born. The so, ones, uh, right? That's familiar. The, the, the Clone Wars, right? Right, yeah, familiar with that legend, you know, from, I think, yeah, I was introducing Clone Wars, and I think Rebels. reintroduced it again during Rebels, yeah. um, brought back up. Yep. So, yeah, you got the father, the son, and the daughter were born. Um, and then a little over 20,000 years before the Battle of Yavin, uh, the Prime Jedi uh, founded the Jedi Order on Octu. Um, so, you know, as, I guess, uh, going through the stuff, they were saying that the, the Force has been a known concept um, for about 25,000 years or Boy. so before you know, all the current events that were with the Skywalker lineage. Yeah. Um, so we got the prime Jedi founded, uh, shortly after that, uh, Ilum 
the planet Ilum was discovered, and it was locked down by the Jedi Order because it was found to be the source of kyber crystals. Mm. And just a little heads up, uh, Ilum is actually the planet that became Starkiller Base. Mm-hmm. That's um, a sweaty that where, detail. So all of its kyber crystals on there that were still left that weren't scraped by the Empire were, was what was used to power Starkiller Base. How is that not the Resistance's first move, right? <laughs> like, okay, guys, we got to go to Ilum. we got to lock it down. Like, we cannot let anyone else get this power because this could be a huge detriment to our what we're building. How was that not done? Hindsight's twenty twenty. That's because Mon Mothma dismantled the military You're as soon absolutely as they defeated right. everyone on Jakku. Yeah, who possibly could rise? The, the ultimate darkness has been destroyed, and we know that was with the Sith, maybe? And he came back, so Mon Mothma, totally wrong. Totally wrong. <clears throat> then we, uh, we take a little jump up to about 10,000 years. Uh, before the Battle of Yavin, and where we get the uh, Temple of the Kyber was constructed on the planet Jeddah. And the Sith are formed um, as a response to a rogue Jedi who thought that passion was the way to mastering the Force and not through balance. Um, and he splintered off, and that started, you know, he founded the Sith uh, initially, and that happened, you know, 10,000 years ago or so. Um, and they had a brief battle, and all the Sith that followed him were exiled to Moribund. Mm. Um, so we kind of start that whole funness. Um, about 5,000 years ago, we get the Sith recapture capture Coruscant and build the Sith Temple there on Coruscant. Um, and during that same period of time, the Great Temple was constructed on Yavin 4. Um, so we got all these major things going on. And this was also the time frame of the Mandalorian Jedi Wars. Yeah. About 5,000 years before everything. So there's a lot of stuff going on then. Um, move up about 1,000 years, uh, the Jedi have retaken Coruscant, and they construct the temple on the side of the old Sith uh, shrine. Um, and interesting enough, it says that the, the, the Sith shrine that it was constructed upon continually seeps darkness upwards. Yes. Um, and slowly weakened the Jedi over a thousand years. I, I, so. I, I was going to bring that up. I mean, it, I'm sorry. If, I'm, if I know the ultimate evil was in this place, and they have to know that it's still emanating from there, right? Like, I mean, even when uh, when Ezra goes to, um, God, where where was he on? Mor- was he on Moribond or Malachor? Or where did Ezra... He goes version- to Malachor. Yeah, so he goes there. That thing's been disabled for years. You can tell the thing is still living and breathing, and obviously it is when he throws the, uh, the, uh, the uh, holocron in there, right? But it's like, why build your temple there? I, Nettie, are they nuts? I mean, what, what's what's is there logic behind building <laughs> the Jedi Temple? Is it to seal it down? Is it to lock down the spirits so they can't escape? What is happening? Yeah, it seems a little nuts to me offhand, but I guess everything if everything's about balance, maybe they did think yeah. put the light with the dark to balance it, but yeah, that seems kind of that's kind true. Of like a dumb move to me, <laughs> dude. Great point, man. And so here's another question I have. We'll get back to the timeline in a second. I mean, Palpatine makes his, what do you want to call it? The Emperor's throne, whatever you want to call it. He makes it, like, he takes the Jedi Temple and makes it his own, right? He, he makes the modifications. He knocks down statues. He raids the, the archives and stuff like that. Like, do you think he's kind of, and maybe there's legend, or maybe there's canon or even legends, information to tell us this, but, like, is he kind of taking in that power like, you think he could be growing that way by, like, knowing the Sith Temple is there? I mean, is that how the realm of possibility? probably how he's able to keep himself hidden, um, you know, right? in the presence of the Jedi. 
because there's already that dark side presence there that they're, you know, inundated in. Yeah. And so how are they going to pick up one little person yeah. walking around when they, there's this massive dark side presence? Yeah, that's a great it's point. It's like a cloak. That's it, 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 yes, it absolutely is. And it's just like almost like when the Sith rise again, it's almost like it's activated. And maybe this, the temple itself has a lot to do with them being shrouded in darkness. It very well could be. That's a fantastic point, Brent. I, that just kind of blew me away. I knew that detail, and I'm just like, how? why would you put it there? You know there's bad news there. <laughs> anyway. They did. And I said, I don't want to bring up in Legends, there's also a hidden Sith planet, a planet yep. with full Sith. That's, yeah. that the Jedi never even knew about. Oh, yeah. So if the Sith are so good at looking you in the eye and saying, you don't even know I'm a Sith. Yeah. And they hit a whole planet as well. Yeah. Because they didn't know about that planet in the Fate series. Yeah. Let me let me tell I I love that there was a Sith Empire out in, out in the plains out there. You know, the Jedi and the Mandos really have no idea what it is. Mm-hmm. I, I love that idea, and I think that's prime Disney Plus material because the Sith, just like the constant not knowing when someone's going to stab you in the back and everyone's out for themselves, that's that's television. That's a drama. That's, well, they need to make something and bring that back. I'm down. You, like, know why they're so paranoid all the time. I know. And so, like, I know. Because they get so much in. hate. Yeah. They get so much hate for this stuff, and I get it. And, it's, I mean, it's going to be messy, too, but I think – they are going to take some of that good stuff and bring it back. I, I thought that was a fascinating time period. There was some really like a, like the like the Sith Emperor and then sucking the life out of the planet to make it. I could deal without that, but the drama of the backstabbing and even you know with Bane and 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 the rule too. I'm down with that. I think that's a great story. And if they need to retell it in a different manner to maybe remove some of that kind of fantastical stuff, I'm down. But but back to the timeline. So we've we've got these temples. We've got um, we've got the 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 Jedi are established, and the Sith have created their little their little their little uh, boy band, uh, the Rogue Jedi, and uh, they have they have they have several conflicts, mm-hmm. right? And Was that the name of their boy band, the Rogue Jedi? I, that's a great band name. I think that's pretty good. That's a great band name. Added to the uh, Star Wars boy band. Yeah, or they call themselves Dark Hoods or something. I don't know. Mm. That sounds yeah, that, sounds weird. Make that our make that our like clan name name. We'll go over as flying casual, but we'll... <laughs> oh, we've got a lot of squadron names to work <laughs> on. It's gonna Rogue be Jedi. <laughs> it's gonna be I, I yeah. That's gonna be huge. I yeah. We're gonna dominate. That's a whole other conversation. But uh, <laughs> so that's where we're on the timeline now. Where are we going to next, Brent? Well, let's see. There, then there's a period of really nothing happens until about a thousand years. Um, and that point, uh, Tar Vizsla he creates the dark saber. Uh, we have the Jedi Sith War, um, where the Jedi finally defeat them. Darth Bane establishes the rule of two, and they go into hiding. Yeah, um, and that thus starts the the thousand years of peace, mm. according to Obi Wan. Yeah, that they're that they're aware of. Um, then from there, uh, then it kind of jumps. There's not really much that goes on because the Jedi just rule everything. Um, but in 896 BBY, uh, Yoda's born. Thank um, God. And then in 797. About 100 years later, Yoda begins to train Jedi. So, mm. you know, he's about 100 years old when he's physically training Jedi, which means he's already gone through training himself. Yeah. So when you think about Mandalorian and the yeah. child, Let's go. who's already 50 years old, he's, he's got to catch get up. to the point where, yeah. you know, he needs to start learning stuff or he's just going to go crazy on his own. And, you know, he's already post choking people. He would be a rogue Jedi. That would he be would a be rogue child. Yeah, that would be yeah. that's actually fantastic. I had no idea that Yoda started that around 100 years old. So, like you said, the child's halfway there. 
Like, are we going to jump in time at all? Could we see the child in his full-blown, you know, forceful self? Is that something we could possibly see? He'd probably have to be CGI, I would imagine. You I mean know, not I've seen a real become child. the Mandalore, and then he's the rightful heir to the Darksaber. Boy. <laughs> Holy I'm sorry, are you writing for Disney? Let's go. Let's go. I, I, I mean, so that's... Let's let's talk. Oh! Let's talk about the force a little bit with 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 the child because here's something that bothers me, and I want to get you guys' opinion. Let's go. We're talking about the force. We just brought up the child. When I saw, you know, everyone had a sense the child was going to do something cool, right? Oh crap! Holds this. I don't even remember what that thing called. The rhino, whatever it was, lifts the rhino with a hand. Obviously, he's exhausted, but you're like, how the hell did he do that? Like, that's awesome. Let's go. And then you know they're in their hideout. There's an explosion. Uses this force shield, kind of pulls a Kanan Jarrus, you know? Let's go, that's epic. But, like, let's then talk about Ray. Ray, you know, a scavenger, years on on uh, on Jakku, training, you know, fending for herself. You know, the force kind of, let's, let's, she has a, she has some Yoda, or baby Yoda moments, the child moments, right? She does a mind trick, like, she does these things. And yet, it seems like 50% of the Star Wars fandom hates her for it. Hates her for it. It says, you didn't train. You didn't go through any of that. So I got to ask you guys, what makes that so acceptable to have a creature who is a, literally called the child? And he is, you know, w- without question, able to do these things. And it's epic. And I love it, too. But I also love that Ray, you know, in, the, in, in that moment needed the force to do what needed to be done is that is that something you guys question at times am i the only one wondering why that seems to be the conversation i question that all the time all the time well i have a word for why but well i think that word may be (laughs) sexism holly but uh i totally agree with that a lot of the times joy you're a level-headed man is this sometimes this stuff keeps me up at night and it shouldn't because this is a, a fantasy world but it does sometimes right like why is that? I mean, we all love the force. We love when people can lift things and do awesome things just on a whim. Like, so why does someone like Ray, you know, you hear, you know, big influencers like Star Wars Theory hate that. Like, hate, you know, say that, you know, Gina Carano is awesome. She has five minutes of screen time and she's such a badass. But it's like Ray has three movies about her and does awesome things and she's not because she's not developed enough. What What is that? Um. I mean, sexism definitely plays into it. Uh, people that a lot of people like to jump on a bandwagon, yeah. And so um, they see that Mandalorian, you know, it kind of ties back into a little bit of what George Lucas was doing. Yeah, um, it kind of ties back ties back into that timeline too. So it, you know, it and you know, props to Favreau and uh, and Filoni or yeah, Filoni and and all those guys doing, you know, really taking it back and, and drawing off of what George was doing. Yeah. Um, but like anything new in Star Wars that that doesn't feel exactly like George. Yeah. Um, and anything that that Disney does that doesn't feel exactly like George Lucas, they hate it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that that's what it really comes down to. It could be the best story ever, yeah. um, you know, and, and just because it, it has a Disney feel. Um, you know, people are going to be, that's not my star Wars. Um, but, but no, I mean, definitely you have a lot of great points. Like, you know, the child, 
Yeah, like you said, he's he's named the child, even though he's fifty years old. He's um, in a crib. He's in a crib. (laughs) Like, and he's doing epic things. Like, what? Yeah, exactly. And you know, and and like you said, and Ray's what nineteen at the time, and uh, you know, she's probably off screen has probably done some of these things before. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, we just, we don't have enough of Ray's adolescence and, and, uh, you know, more of her backstory really to see things like that. You know, by the time she's 19, I mean, a lot of us at 19 already have jobs and, you know, are starting our lives and, you know, things like that. So what, what would be the difference, you know, especially, you know, some of the, the children in the Jedi order, granted they had training, you know, but they're going off to be Jedi Knights, you know, yeah. or, you know, things like that. You know, Obi-Wan started his training late, you know, and he was still powerful, you know, mm-hmm. became a master, things like that. So, like, uh, it, it really just has a lot to do with, you know, what bandwagon can I jump on? Um, I see plot holes, which, spoiler alert, George Lucas's uh, movies had plot holes as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, I mean... You know, it's just, you know, people people see things and, you know, and they don't agree with them. And so, you know, they just decide that, you know, the the new Disney way is not their Star Wars. And not to mention, Palpatine was coming back, for Christ's sakes. It's like the, the Force needed to find a vessel and find it fast because darkness was coming and it was coming to dominate probably forever. So it's like, boy, we need someone who's really worthy of this. Uh, you're awesome. Let's do it. Like, I just... It just bothers me sometimes. Also, I think I love what Jory was saying because I think that all of us have self-taught something at some point. Absolutely. I do watercolors. I taught myself how to do that. I don't have any training. I still don't believe that. But but I sell paintings. You're too good for that. And I I just feel like, like Jory said, Ray's done a lot of stuff off screen. And I think that we see, I mean, Broom Boy, we see him throwing the broom around, using the force, pulling it towards himself. How many years did he train in the temple? Right? He's not a, he doesn't really use the Force. That's not possible. Well, and let, need I remind you, one of Star Wars' favorite characters, Ezra Bridger, did the same crap mm-hmm. episode two or three of mm-hmm. Rebels. Well, and that's the thing is it's like if you inherently have this ability, you probably don't understand it, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to use it to your advantage. And so if Ray's running around Jakku being a Gavinger. Yeah, yeah. Of course she's going to use this if she has it. She has to survive. And so in a way, she kind of is training because she's learning how to control these forces in mm-hmm. one way or another. So I don't really think that it's so crazy that, oh, my God, she can force pull something or she picked up a rock yeah. or, you know, I just don't think it's that crazy. See, Brent, it's like we're we're talking about it right now. It's just like, what do you what do you look for in the force? And, and to some people, it really bothers them, right? It's like, I don't know how she learned how to do this. Hence, she's a terrible character. And I don't, I just don't think she should have been the person to do this, or you should have gave her more backstory or whatever it is. So we're already having that conversation. And I would love to talk to more people about it that, you know, maybe don't necessarily kind of agree with that perspective, but, uh, yeah, just, oh boy, I don't know why I went on that tangent, but Rob, yeah. I guess, I gotta say, like, my whole problem is, like, when you look at life as a person, like, the best thing in the world is love. Come on. And why did the Jedi want to stray from that? And I get the whole hurt thing and the whole thing, but the Sith embrace it. And we're seeing that in the current novel that we're reading for, you know, the book club. Yeah. But to me, it's like, I get the whole monk thing, 
But I think that if you would allow a Jedi to love and to love the person and, and, and just do that and not call that bad, yeah, maybe they wouldn't have had maybe like moments like Doku or maybe, I mean, I'm not going to say it would have helped Anakin, but at the same time, I want to flash back to, I think Ray was really Jaina Solo. Just that was the Jaina okay. Solo aspirations straight up. Yeah, you, de- you definitely. There's definitely some elements over there, and and um, God, yeah, I can't remember. What I was gonna say now, when you were in the response to that, I'm totally blacked out, guys. Maybe I, maybe <laughs> I'm, maybe I'm having a heat. Stroke. It's all the rum. It's all the rum. It's all the sawdust that's in my nasal cavities right now. <laughs> <clears throat> but um, yeah, no, it's it, they're talking about passion. Yeah, if 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 maybe the the Jedi had allowed people like Luke Skywalker and legends eventually allows right people to love, mm-hmm. you can go get married, have a wife. It's cool, man. Just report back to the temple, go, you know, knock out the, the, the using Vong, you know, that that's cool. You can love, you can procreate, do what you need to do. That's another issue I have. Like if the Jedi, you know, want more, there'd be more strong force users. You're not allowing them to go out there and procreate. Yeah. Well, so, and yeah. inherently like those feelings and emotions are to be human. Yeah. Right. And so when you deny yourself of those, you kind of lose a part of yourself. And I kind of feel like you can go to that dark place. Uh, yeah. Like Rob was saying, yeah. if you don't, allow your Jedi to have passion. I mean, we see Obi-Wan does it. Anakin does it. And maybe Rob might be onto something. Possibly if Anakin had been allowed to have that, you know, relationship out in the open that he had with Padme, he may not have been so troubled by having this huge secret that he couldn't tell anybody about. And he couldn't, you know, display. And I feel like if you have all those secrets and you're holding it in, it kind of does like damage you as a person. So I think it would make it easier for you to go to the dark side if you're already troubled and, you know, Palpatine could sense that and there was a lot more going on, but I don't think it helped. Uh, Brent, I think your dark side ways are having an influence on us all. And I think we're all starting to see maybe there's some good things there on the dark side. Maybe that passion's not so much a bad thing. And maybe, you know, we wouldn't have experienced the most powerful Sith Lord in all times if he could just love his woman openly, right? And and not feel like that was something he had to hide from. Maybe he could go to Yoda and seek counsel and be like, yo, man, like Padme, she just really bothered me today. And Yoda says, sit down, talk about relationship, we will. Like maybe that's what they need man maybe that dark side's where it's at a little therapy yeah i mean uh, it could be i mean I, I think the jedi's reasoning behind it was more to not have you in, your decisions influenced yeah by attachments or whatever because Absolutely. i mean you, i mean we obviously saw what anakin did it's like there was yeah. no second thought going it's like mm-hmm. oh i can save padman cool let's do it yeah that's the only way I know way. how, right? There was yeah. no second thought whatsoever because he was attached to her. And, you know, as opposed to, you know, if they were just still friends and it's like, well, yeah, she might die. But, you know, there's still the betterment of the galaxy that there was, you know, that that thought process. And, you know, and maybe Obi-Wan, if Satine wouldn't have been killed, yeah. you know, he would have, you know, been more on Anakin's side because, you know, that would have still been there. But her removing her from the equation made it easier for him to go back and be detached. Absolutely. Sounds like Brent and, is arguing for the light side here. Brent's a little more balanced than I realized. <laughs> I say the the dark side is good. It's just you know it's seductive. It's easily corruptible, much That's like true. communism on paper. It's one of the probably the best uh, forms of government. <laughs> now in practice, so easy to corrupt. True, and it works very like shit. True. Very <laughs> true. So I, that's another thing that you bring the politics into it with the force. And it's no just politics in my Star Wars. Not in Holly's Star Wars. 
That's can. for sure. And no Raylo, matter of fact. No, Raylo is an absolute <laughs> no go. I will just leave this. Holly, podcast. That's the light and the dark coming together <laughs> to create. You that's know, the passion love. that I don't want to see. That's okay. That's okay. So I didn't mean to go on the tangent, but it was the passion talking about that and 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 the light side and the dark side. Boy, that's that good and evil. That's why I come to the force, guys. Like it's a battle, and we're always battling that, right? And sometimes you tap into it in the dark side in that time of need. But uh, back to the timeline. Because it got us off on a tangent, but I like that these these moments in time spark conversation, and it's just, I mean, my Star Wars knowledge is limited, so I like that you're bringing this stuff up, and it just it keeps it going. Yeah. So uh, okay, so after Yoda starts training, um, we got a, about a 500 year gap. There's not really much that goes on, um, and then we start to get into things that aren't totally force related, but just a frame of reference points. Uh, 232 uh, BBY, uh, that's when the Great Disaster occurs, which is Ooh. the High Republic Era series of books that's coming out. Yeah. Um, and then uh, 200 years BBY, that's when Chewbacca is born. Mm. That's, uh, a bi- that's a big that's force like, moment in history. I that's agree. Notable. I agree. So, and then uh, at 102 BBY, we got the birth of Count Dooku. Uh, 84 BBY, she Palpatine is born. Oof. So we're starting to get a little bit closer. Uh, 80 years, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn is born. And 72 BBY, we got the birth of Mace Windu. And in 57, we get the birth of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Wow. So, you, got a, you know, a lot of the prominent characters are born in that 30-year yeah. span. That's it, going on there. Is it that, is it that moment of p- that high Republic time that we see? I mean, is it everything's so good? We're just, like, creating all these epic, like, Jedi that, you know, we're going to – that actually are going to oh. be blindsided. Like and- a Jedi baby boom. You're absolutely right. Jesus, Holly. (laughs) Yeah, it's like post-World War II baby boom. That's exactly what it is. Everyone, you know, has they're building their single-family homes. They're making babies, purchasing a car, or maybe two cars. Maybe a couple hollow cars. Or not hollow cars. Sure. (laughs) Speeders, whatever you want to call them. But, uh, yeah, maybe it's just that good feel time. And I guess, do you guys expect it, like, those 200 years, things are going to be so good. Well, they can't be that good, right? Because we're going to have all these stories. Bad shit has to happen. It can't all be like, hey, like uh, my uh, cousin got a, a new Camry. Like, it's not It's not going to be like that. There yeah, has we, to be some darkness out we there. We just heard that Dooku and Palpatine were Did. born in that time. So let's, let's, let's talk about that time period just for a little bit. Because are we... So we, we, we know it's a time of peace, and that's probably where the Jedi get complacent, right? Like that, the Sith are gone. We don't really have anything to worry about. All we have to worry about is these Nile folks who, you know, they're coming at us in rafts, and it's kind of laughable. Um, who knows? They may be resistant to the Force. We don't know yet. Is this, is this a time of complacency? And, you know, maybe Mace and them aren't thinking very clearly because there's just this peace. Are we then worried about other force users out there are we worried about are we worried about the nile having force powers or i mean i mean night sisters like all like different aspects of the force come into play here in the high republic rob you what you just said there made me think of the roman empire yeah i don't know why so much history man star wars you're absolutely right I, I, the, and the and the nile are the barbarians yeah so i mean like how so you're getting this whole point right here is like you said, this is like the ba- the baby boom. This is like the golden era. This is the Coliseum. And, and you know, some of these novels we've been reading, there's definitely a lot of Coliseum things going on right now. Yeah. And through all these, these novels, even in the EU and things. So it always seems like 
Like, more than Luke fighting his way out, it was, it, there's always been a man versus a man or a man versus a giant monster or that. And now it seems like during this time, exactly what you said is the Roman times, because then we get all to the betrayal yeah. and all the things that come through. That's right. God, we just watched a great uh, uh, universe. What was that? It was all bad omens and stuff. <laughs> and maybe there was a lunar eclipse or something, you know, during this time. I was like, oh, that shit. was bad Stuff's news going bears. Down. And then we get the Nile coming in with their Trojan. Trojan horse. God knows what. <laughs> Trojan. Uh, yeah, I don't know what Breaking it could into be. The, look, they're just disrupting the Renaissance yeah. period for the Jedi. It has to happen. That's what it is. A time of, of high art and, and, and uh, peace. Mm-hmm. I, I, Lots of Corellian brandy. Brent, what kind of what kind of force are we going to experience? I mean, I, we're obviously going to get the Jedi, but like. Should we be expecting more Force references here that the Jedi probably won't understand? Are you talking about during the High Republic? Yeah, yeah. Novel, set of novels? Yeah. I honestly have no idea. I mean, other than that little expert that we've gotten where there's issues with the hyperspace lanes and yeah. the hyperspace isn't totally solid yet. Um, I mean, apparently they figure this out. It makes it easier to get the booty calls going because we have all these Jedi born. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, I guess there's one benefit of everything. I could be there in 12 parsecs, baby. <laughs> it's it's, it's quick. Parsec. That's the new... Uh, <laughs> How much time you got? I got 12 parsecs. Hop on board. <laughs> Don't worry. The Navi computer's got it all. We can go in the back of the Falcon. God, that's that's a great point, man. All this technology is just bad for the Republic. It's like one of those memes that you see where it's like the girl's like, babe, come over. And he's like, I can't. Yeah. I have too much to do. And she's like, but the hyperspace lanes are clear. <laughs> we have hyperspace I'll be there in now. 12 parsecs. Oh, cool. That's awesome. So, so, Freezing. seriously, <laughs> seriously, Nettie, are you, what, what are you expecting? I, I know you're going to pick up these books. Like, are you expecting, you know, an epic battle between the Jedi and, and, and their light side force yielding and some dark side of the force we don't understand? And, and could, are the Sith is, 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 you know, are the Sith then in that point using this to their advantage and be like, ah, oh, they're distracted by this. Let's, you know, Plagueis is maybe doing some workings at that time. Yeah, I definitely think we'll see something. Um, before I get into detail, like on the question, I do think it'd be really cool if we got like a High Republic novel that was set from like a Sith perspective. Yeah, because we know they're around; they're hiding around in the Rule of Two. Yeah. So like, obviously, they're not going to be going and facing Jedi, at least not surviving Jedi. Yeah. But I think that'd be a really interesting perspective in that time. Absolutely. But fantastic. Um, Trump's more of your question. I think kind of like. Everything that Disney's been pushing with the Force so far has been that balance. Yep. And I find it hard that, like, the Force is just going to be like, yeah, the light side can rule for a thousand years yeah. without anything. So, like, I don't know if these Nile are going to be dark side users or, like, kind of a substitute. And unless if two Sith can, you know, counteract that balance with a thousand Jedi, I don't know. I definitely think something has to rise up and then the light will rebalance it until they get to that complacency state and then the Sith can just come back and so goes the series. So I don't know. It's definitely interesting to see where we're going to be going. Yeah. And that maybe, maybe that complacency lies in the Jedi's perspective of the force, right? Cause they're just like, Hey, you're either dark or you're light and that's it. Like there is no balance or wait, maybe there is a balance. That's the other thing. When we talk about balance from the perspective of a Jedi, they view the dark side as like, 
corrupt use of the force. So balance isn't there in their eyes, isn't using the light and the dark equally. It's discounting the dark side completely and embracing the light. That's balance from their perspective. And I think that's why some people get confused because when we talk about balance, it's always from the perspective of the Jedi. It's never the dark. The dark side's just like, make me more powerful. Like that's just, they just want, Thank really you. Good. It actually hurt really bad. I oh, think I have I think shards saw, of sawdust saw come out throat. of your mouth and I'm hit the microphone. Bleeding out of my mouth right now. <laughs> That's a problem. Um, <clears throat> so there it is. It's yeah, Jesus. I this this rum is not doing the trick. But uh, so may, so maybe it's I'm back. <laughs> so maybe maybe it's that it's that 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 pers- that, that that understanding of the force, and we only hear balance is the light side. And, and and rejecting the dark side that is balance according to the Jedi. So they may not take the Nile seriously. They may not even they may not even want to understand it because they can't. Because to them, it's well, we destroyed the Sith and we're the good guys, and that's all there is. We know there's bad people out there, but they're they're not a threat. You know, they're not the Sith. I kind of actually would like there to be. It's like the Night Sisters, right? The Night Sisters are some powerful ladies. Can I get an amen, Holly? Amen. I mean, and the, here's the thing about the Night Sisters: they only have allegiance to themselves. They told Dooku that. They told Dooku they ain't gonna they gonna fight with the Sith. They ain't gonna fight with the Jedi. They are doing their own thing, and they are powerful. And people don't understand. At least the Jedi don't understand them really. They just think they're witches, and and Anakin even is just like, oh, aren't they they're crazy and this and that. And uh, uh, the, the Sith obviously don't understand it either. I mean, Palpatine himself was trying to learn Mother Townsend's power. So I hope they do more of that. Yes. I, I think it just it just it builds the story of the, the Jedi being blindsided by the Sith. And it wasn't just the mastery of the Sith and, and eliminating their rule to just a couple people and keep ourselves secret. It's well, there's also these guys and they're super powerful and there's, you know, the using Vong or whoever, and you can't even sense them because they reject your force. And I, I kind of hope we, we expand the universe into that and to make it more complicated because I, I sometimes it upsets me that the Jedi were so blindsided. I'm like, how the hell did this happen? This dude's right in front of you. You didn't sense any of it. You guys have been around for thousands of years. What the hell? Oh, you get the big head. You get so arrogant. You're the bomb. You're I, the Jedi. I kind of like expanding those moments. And in, in, in Star Wars does a great job of that. We talked about the Kevin Scott story. And mm-hmm. I, I, I love that Nettie was talking about, you know, when he imagines the force, he imagines Vader and Obi-Wan going at it. And it seems so simple at the time. Got the light versus the dark. And then we read that story. It's like, oh, Obi-Wan was going through some stuff. Obi-Wan didn't understand the force. <laughs> Obi-Wan didn't understand the cosmic force either, it's obviously. Almost, it's almost like we have all this exploration of the force before the high Republic. And then after the high Republic, it's almost like the Jedi got lazy and we just kind of lost all of that knowledge that we had. And then in that time, it was the perfect opportunity for the Sith to kind of build themselves up and see like, this is when I can come in. Yeah. Yeah. Jory. Now did the Jedi get lazy or was there someone at the top that said, 
you know, yeah. we're going to, this is how we're going to, uh, approach everything, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, because, you know, and I don't, I can't quote when, um, but there's certain things in the Jedi temple that are off limits to That's anybody true. but a master. Great point. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> where the masters, which I don't know how many masters were always, you know, in the Jedi order at any certain time, but if you have say, we'll just throw out a number, say 20 masters, um, you know, that's very few people that know a broader history. Absolutely. Um, and they're controlling how that history is, you know, taught to the younglings, taught yeah. to, um, you know, and you can kind of correlate this with how everything runs in, in our lives as well. Uh, you know, history is always, always written by the winners, you know, You're it's always, right. you know, and so, uh, you know, was there a time where somebody said, you know, we're not going to teach this to anybody, you know, yeah. not even, you know, not that we're um, going to teach, you know, this practice, but we're just not going to tell you about it at all. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, is this, is it that we became ignorant as the Jedi or is it just that they decided not to give that information out to the public and out to, you know, their Jedi order? That's a well, great point. And you think of Revan, Revan sticks out in my mind, right? Really powerful, bro. Dabbled in the dark. Well, I don't even want to say dabbled. Went full dark, had a moment, and said, you know what? Can't do that anymore. And But Jedi didn't trust him at that point, right? He dabbled in it. Like, Sorry, you, you you put your toe in, you're gone. You're dead to us. You could still you could still hang out here on Coruscant or wherever he was. We'll still, it's cool. We're not going to hold anything against you. You saved us. <laughs> but we're not going to trust you. You're not part of the Jedi Order anymore. You dabbled in it. This is, the, you can't. This is on. This is uncharted territory. We we can't deal with that. Like you said, Joy. Yeah. Now, did <clears throat> did they actually do that? As far as like completely, you know, pushing him out, and then did they learn from that? Yeah. You know, because of Quinlan Voss. You know? And I'm sure that there's been some since Quinlan Voss. Yeah. Um, you know that have had that transition. Um, you know, but did they? take Quinlan Voss's situation, did they learn from what they did with Revan or did they, uh, you know know what I mean? Like there's, there's a lot of situations where, you know, with Quinlan and we'll get into this in a couple of weeks, but you know, he, he went over and came back, you know, and, and, you know, they didn't completely trust him by the end of it. And, um, and I don't know a ton of Quinlan Voss's full story, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Did he ever get off of his, uh, as, as far as his, uh, his leash, I guess, from the Jedi, yeah. you know, and, and things like that. I feel like yeah. part of that, and we can talk about it more in the book club. Can't wait. Um, but part Ugh. of that may just come back to Obi-Wan because we know that Obi-Wan kind of has a soft spot for Quinlan. He yeah. has a soft spot Crazy. for Anakin yeah. and he speaks for them and he advocates for them so dramatically i guess a voice of reason he he didn't go that dark master yoda you know he he didn't really go fully dark did he i mean we actually sent him out on this mission didn't we yeah i mean obi-wan can say it was our fault so how can you punish him that's what i'm saying it's temptation we all fall from time to time amen Amen. Uh, don't get me up on that pulpit hall i want to start doing some preaching here about the force but uh jory's so right i mean a lot of that knowledge is secluded it's it's forbidden to 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 go into those archives to to learn this knowledge and some of it rob i am i right in that 
through the years of conflict with the Sith and the Jedi, force powers and teachings have been lost, like unintentionally, just from losing tons of Jedi and Sith and, and certain techniques and certain powers, they've been lost to, to just no one there to teach. There's So at this point, I don't want to speed ahead, but when we're talking about, like, the minute Tori mentioned Quinlan Voss, again, it's what we're talking about this back in this fourth. But when, and, and I... There's a huge spoiler alert, and this is this is when I have to talk. I have to drop the bomb. Let's go. When I speak of Abeloff, yeah. she <laughs> is completely like a whole nother thing. Yeah, she was just straight up regular and wanted to be like the ones ultimately. Yeah, and she drank from what was it the, the well of knowledge? Yeah, me, yeah. I think let's it, do my things. Yes, it's the well of power and the pool of knowledge. Yep. And during that series, Vistaris Kai's dad also drank from that, and he, or not him, but the other guy, he started becoming, like, delusional but more powerful. So at one point, Luke, Grandmaster Luke, who maybe should be able to cloak himself, makes a point that he can take him out with a rifle, and the guy literally connects with him. And that goes back to that other stuff, the diet stuff. So what is diet? Diet is seriously, like... You can connect with somebody, but if you can see a force ghost, that's a connection. Yeah. Is that diet? Or I, I just, for me, when I seen Abeloff's power, it took Darth Kryat and Luke in the shadows. Yeah. Uh, spoilers. Spoilers. Love the shadows. It, it, and, and then you see it, but when Luke went to the shadows, like the whole pool, I, I'm not going to, I'll just throw you all for Luke <laughs> right there. If you read that Fate series, oh, yeah. when he goes there, he sees Mara Jade. Yeah. When he goes there, he sees Anakin and Jason. He sees all these people, and Ben learns these attributes. So when you're talking about, like, what has forgotten, Ben Skywalker learned flow walking, yep. which was, you know, going back in the past as well. And Jaina also learned that, too. So... When you think about the immense power of the Force, that's that's what it leads me to is what is that difference? And at the end, I won't say anything unless you Wikipedia that. <laughs> when Luke and Ben go into their own journey, they're kind of looking for a certain dagger. Yep. That's not been yet foretold, but I've always wanted to know about what happens with Ben and Vistara. And it comes back to the whole thing of being light, dark, the daughter, the son, the father. And it's written in what that power is and what the limits of it, who's good at this. Because some people, as we know with Quinlan, he touches something, he can see the past. So could could Cal. Cal Cal actually could see the same thing, too. So... That's limited in the Jedi region. So it's almost like you have, going back to like your video game skills or whatever, you gain levels and you learn this. Or you only can call or summon a monster, but you can use fire over here. Yeah, it's or it's like like Holly said, it's like it's, I don't want to say it's like predestined, but it's like it's something that amplifies 
I, I mean, like Night Sisters had some of that too. Like the Ninth Sister, she, you know, she was really great at connecting with people emotionally and could almost read their thoughts and tell how they were going to react to things and almost manipulate them. It's like maybe it's just amplifying things about themselves that really the force amplifies it and then it gives you powers that no one else really would. And it's specific, not just to you, but maybe others. But it's not like a, let me pick up chapter 13 of the ancient Jedi text and <laughs> yeah. let's learn how to, to read people's minds. And now we know. Chapter 13 of the ancient Jedi text. Um, but you're right. Yeah, Jory. No, I was just going to tell you, Netty had something he was going to say earlier, and oh, I don't I don't think he... Uh, he Come he on, Netty. All right, so, well, I think it was going back quite a ways, but um, when you were talking about that prophecy and how it was always like a standard of the Jedi, I think in the Revenge of the Sith novelization, I can't remember if it's Yoda or Mace, but there's like a conversation where one of them like says, like, you know, is it misread? Like, it's in the movie. Yeah. And one of them says, like read from the Jedi perspective we have or something like that, which I thought that was a really cool little addition. Absolutely. And then going back also to like that concept of um, like, you know, restricted information and all that in the Jedi temple. I know in like the master and apprentice book, they have that holocron with all the prophecies and like, I know like they keep it around obviously, but like, I know every like master other than like Dooku and uh, Qui-Gon are like, yeah, don't touch that. Like, you don't need to be looking at that. Yes. So that's kind of that same thing of, like, you know, that restricted information. Yes. I just thought those were two details to throw in there. Is, is, the, is the Grand Inquisitor one that also goes to the Jedi Temple to try to get information? Is Am I miss Who did that? I think he did in the Vader comic line. Yes, you're he's absolutely like, right. Jocasta breaks in, and he's just like sitting there, like yes. reading all the things. And, like, oh, I love it. Jocasta, yeah, things he would he couldn't get to as a Jedi, and he turns, and then he goes back to seek that knowledge that he was he was uh, restricted from learning. Freaking fantastic! But you're you're so right, Nettie. It's just everything is from the Jedi perspective, and that's Brent. What we were talking about a lot of like. When we talk about balance, so even in this High Republic, it's like we only know balance in the eyes of the Jedi because to them, balance is complete rejection of darkness. That's balance. So when people say, well, we're bringing, you know, Star Wars is now balancing the force. It's like, so are you saying they're like equal light, equal dark? Like, no, they're saying like we reject darkness. That's balancing the force. That's what people think Anakin Skywalker did. So anytime we talk about balance, it's like... What is it? If the Nile or some different thing like the Night Sisters that don't associate with dark, is it just their you know their intent that makes them good or bad? They they you know they follow. I mean, let's not. The Night Sisters were kind of evil. Um, they maybe they weren't a neutral. They were a neutral party, but well, they're you know, pretty dark and and, and seeking a, power. Little column B, little magic, little witchcraft. But so it seems like you know balance is is. It's always through the eyes of the Jedi, and, and maybe, like like Nettie said, I would freaking love a perspective of the Sith during the High Republic. I think that would be fantastic. We what I really enjoyed, we got this in kind of uh, the Darth Plagueis novel, right? That like you you see him planning, you know, the manipulation of the Trade Federation and getting this thing ready to make profits and 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 to kind of create a, a dynasty for himself and and I love that his, from his perspective so maybe there's more going on behind the scenes that we're not aware of 
um, and that the the Sith maybe weren't laying as low as we expected during that time. Um, but back to the timeline, Brent, unless you got something to say on that. Well, I was going to say, just because uh, Rob brought up the dyad yeah. uh, yeah. on a couple of things there since it's still fresh in the conversation. Um, so according to Wikipedia, the, uh, the force dyad, the way they define it, is a pairing of two force-sensitive individuals, making them one in the force. Um, the power of the dyad was as strong as life itself, and those who formed the dyad shared a connection across space and time. So that's kind of how it was defined there. Um, and also, according to Wikipedia, that the dyad between Kylo and Rey was formed uh, during Episode 7 when he probed her mind. So it wasn't something that occurred Really? Occurred. But, yeah, it was during that moment when he was probing her. That's when the dyad formed. Phrasing. So much phrasing there, Brett. But I, exactly. No, I love the <laughs> – so, no, so that's interesting, right? Because this isn't the first time. I mean, he, he probed Poe's mind, right? And you know, we think Poe's got a little, you know, connection to the Force there. But like, are we going to learn what that is? Like, is it just that they come from a similar lineage and and they're in each other's mind at that point? Like, he opened up this like connection, and now he can't turn it off because they're yeah, kind uh, of lineage connected. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was probably the power of their lineages that which allowed them the dyad to form in the first place where yeah. you know, Poe being, you know, just maybe yeah. receptive to it, but not being able to control it. Yeah. Um, wasn't allowed to, you know, make that full merge. Um, and then it also said in there that during that mind probe, uh, Ray actually assimilated a lot of the knowledge of the force from Kylo Ren at the same time, which is why she's instantly able to take him in battle. Yeah. Cause like, and her force powers like exponentially like grew at that point in time because she's like, Oh, there's all the knowledge. And I just learned how to do everything that's been kind of sitting there innately. Which, I, mean, I, thought, I thought this was probably the coolest thing I found when I was doing all this stuff. Because so I've always been interested in this dyad. Next yes. time somebody says Ray oh, is yeah. a cheap character that doesn't have any dimension, yeah. and how can she use the Force, and how can she be this powerful, I'm going to pull that out, and yeah. I'm going to be like, well, sit down and listen. Blame Kylo Ren. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Blame Kylo Ren. And ultimately, then, you can blame Luke Skywalker. Yeah. It's, that makes sense. I mean... What? Mary Sue. What other Dory, <laughs> we're going to block you. Don't be a dick. Do- That's right, flying casual. Uh, I just I come in it. and just say that that makes total sense. Yeah. That she pulled that. So she's more like like a sucker, like she's an amoeba or like a chameleon. She when and During that time, when he connected with her, she was able to just go. Yeah. But then she had other skills that he had not ever learned either. And when he. When she did the force lightning, that that slapped him. That yeah. I almost swore. But. <laughs> you know what else is interesting is in... sorry, Molly's sitting there. <laughs> yeah. Molly's not um, tuned in, right? I, I bring the pain. <laughs> <laughs> she's heard it she all knows, before. That's true. I forgot you don't have headphones on. She knows the kind of thing. But yeah, like exactly, Ray. Yeah. What is Ray like? What did Ray do for you? Come on, Molly. That electric out of here. She's shy as shit. That's okay. <laughs> Talk about Ray. What does Ray mean to you? Uh, he's just my favorite character. Let's go. I think that's fair. I love that. She's so I love. Well, just wait, because we're going to have Molly on at some point to really talk about Ray and flesh Ray out a little bit. And I, I would love to, I'd love to just pick her brain a little bit. We'll get her a little more comfortable. <laughs> Right, we'll get her a little more yeah. comfortable with talking, and then she'll she'll share with us hopefully one day. Get her a glass of grape juice to have with everybody. Yeah, a little glass of grape juice. I like that. That's right. 
Um, But going back to the dyad and how Ray was able to kind of learn those four skills when her and Kylo had that first connection, it almost makes me think that that ability to kind of absorb those skills that somebody else is using is something that continuously happens once you have that dyad. Because we see later in the in the Rise of Skywalker, you see in the beginning, Ray heals that creature after they fall under the quicksand and then she heals Kylo. And, and then, then later Kylo he reciprocates that. And everyone's like, uh. that's truly not something that someone on the dark side would uh-huh. be able to do. And I understand that he's turned at that point, but yeah. it's not like you immediately would know how to do that. So it's almost like those those abilities are transferable once one has learned how to do it. Yeah, uh, that knowing that information now, parts of the... And some, you know, sometimes I, I hate that the books have to come in and explain some of these things. I really like... I would like to understand it. I mean, that I sound like I'm a hypocrite now because I also <laughs> say that I love digging into these books and learn more about these scenes. But moments like that, it would have been kind of nice to even understand it a little more. Oh, you're absolutely right. That's how he healed her. Like, he didn't know how to heal before, but they have that connection there. Mm-hmm. And those, my powers are your powers, right? Oh. Um, what's mine is yours. What's yours is mine. Like, we're hooked for life. That's like a forced marriage. Dysfunctional family dynamic. Exactly. Maybe a little inbreeding. I don't know. The family forced upon us. (laughs) Yeah, you maybe don't want them as your family, but they're forced upon (laughs) you. they are. And you're connected for eternity. Um, They're zombie. (laughs) (laughs) So, I I don't know. I could say so much more. I mean, is this like... Are we going to continue this forced conversation, or is there going to be a part two at some point? Depends on how long you want to go today. I mean, we're we're in an hour twenty two right now, and I could go all night, boys. Phrasing all that's night. What she said, that's, "That's what she hoped." Yeah, we could. That's what she hoped. <laughs> Definitely could. I mean, we can we can go from because that's I'm loving that we're going through the timeline, and it's kind of pulling out conversations revolved around the force and like we're i now understand the force better now about star wars after talking to you guys having these moments talking about things we want to see understanding the dyad better it's it's boy it's almost like a like a a force like course i feel like this is part one like the force Force. 101 i I don't know holly i mean is this is this a multi-episode series i mean we haven't gotten a demonstration for how to lift rocks yet, so it's probably not Force 101. Let us not forget that the Force is all about lifting rocks. That's it. It's a joke, but it is. That's 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 what Star Wars is. It's lifting rocks. Oh, stand up. What? Stand up. Stand up. Say what you- Lift some rocks. Now, tell us tell us why you love Ray. Come on. In, in- Pasture. Come on. You just said it. Because, like, she's kind and nice and then, like, She's powerful. Yeah. Let's go. Absolutely. That's what, I mean, there's not a lot of powerful people in the world that are also nice. And I think that's, that's the message of Star Wars, right? Is that there with great power comes also great responsibility. And we don't have enough of that in our world, Holly. 
But you are obligated to be nice. Absolutely. And it's nice that the younglings in the world are recognizing that in the story that's being told. And I have a lot of hope for the future then if she's recognizing that and that those people will grow up and then expect that of themselves and others. And something through a silly story like Star Wars can teach you something like that. Yeah, I mean, it feels like real life when it's so relatable. If Molly can sit here and say that she loves Ray because Ray is powerful and also kind, I think that that's a great role model. And, and that's yeah. someone who I want to be. Absolutely. And if she starts lifting rocks on camera, I mean, we got we know. a whole nother load of problems. Maybe she's part of a dyad in the force. Holy cow. But with who? That is the question <laughs> that still remains. Is, yeah, is Rob? That it? Is, 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 this is it. This is it. She's Aladdin. She's the diamond <laughs> in the rough. She's the Palpatine <laughs> that didn't go evil. She questioned it. And made it all good in the end. I mean, an anomaly. I think Rob's a dark side user. I'm just going to come out and say it. I think he's got a little dark side in him. And his kin is rejecting it. I mean, this is Star Wars. In real this life. This is Star Wars real in time. real life. I got to say that. I mean, we already saw she's got the green lightsaber. He's That's got true. the red See, lightsaber. See, I freaking knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> See, now now I'm thinking that we need to do a dark version of the Flying Casual t-shirt yes. for the Sith users. Because I feel like they tend to be on the light side. Dare I say that we're, we, 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 we tend to lean light. Mm-hmm. Is that you fair, You tend Holly? to lean light. Oh. I think that we could get some witchy Night Sister magic going on on the shirts, I'm and down. I would 100% we wear it. We could do that. Make it a little time. groovy. Groovy. Some green cool. flames and stuff. I'm down. Yeah, Let I mean. me get to work on it right now, guys. Let me, get, let me get Photoshop going and get some fun <laughs> stuff going here. Um, no, I, I think we should. I think we should table this for the next discussion. Are you guys down? I feel like we talked about so many things and it was so fantastic. And it's like you can talk about the force for hours. You can talk about the yeah. force for days. Also, we need to finish then in part two. Yeah, come on. Going through Brent's timeline. No, that's what we're going to pick up from the High yeah. Republic and then continue on with our history lesson. And we all can even do a little more research if we want. And and then I want to ask, like, are, have there been other, any other dyads in, in the history of Star Wars? I mean, Jace, the the solos, I'm thinking of one in Legends, but it's like, are there any other dyads? Is that something that we're going to learn in the future, Brent? Well, actually, I mean, if you Professor want to off the dyad stuff now, and then we can yes, pick up let's afterwards do it. there. So, um, so the dyad, it was actually prophesized uh, by the Sith Eternal um, as is foretold of the coming of the Dyad in the Force. Um, this was thousands of years ago. This was actually prophesized before Bane set up the Rule of Two. Okay. Um, and, it, and the forming a Dyad is actually the sole purpose of the Rule of Two. They, like every Master and Apprentice combination tried to form the Dyad wow. on the dark side. Wow. Um, but it seems like, and I can't remember where I read it, but it seems like the Dyad has to be formed by the dark and the light together to create that balance. You can't have two darks or two lights to do it. A prophecy um, maybe misread also yeah, so, back in so the day. So attempted it with Sidious and Sidious attempted it with Anakin and both of them failed to form a dyad. That's why he created life. That's right. That's why he created Anakin. Well, that's why it didn't work. It has to be organic. It has to be an organic connection. It can't be Holly, something Holly, there is a child on this podcast. We cannot... <laughs> go into the specifics <laughs> of procreation on this specific Listen. podcast maybe in another it's, it's, one maybe she, in a stream she knows okay that's she knows. that's good like that's good whole, like she's all star wars yeah she, that's good she knows that you know how that the way palpatine was able to create 
Anakin, and then she also knows that Ray came from that other timeline as well. Too. Good deal. See, even right. even curiouser to me, it just is seems, that a word? It is now. Did you just? I'm no. usually the one that makes crap up, but that was you. <laughs> it just wow. seems to me so odd that the dyad would be formed between yeah. Ray and Kylo. That's balance, baby. But then that's balance. This may have nothing to do with it. It may have nothing to do with it. Yeah. But then if you look at lineage, come on. if Ray truly, honestly is a Palpatine, and Palpatine wasn't lying about that, yeah. she comes from that dark side lineage, and then yeah. you have Ben, who comes from more of a light side lineage, yeah. and it's just so weird how that, the wires get crossed. You're No, you're right. They were born... In I, she wasn't born in darkness, right? That's just that's her that's her lineage. Was right? she though? If her if she was hunted down as a child and they were looking for her, and I, I don't know. You think she could be doing some dark stuff there on I don't, on uh, Jakku? I don't think she was doing. Anything I don't dark either. I on think purpose. I think she was pure of heart. I think she was pure of heart. But I like what you're saying though that you're almost hardwired to be this thing, and you reject it. That, that's kind yeah. of the story of the Rise of Skywalker: the dyad rejecting your past. Maybe nothing to do with that, but just an observation. I don't know. I love it. I love it so much. Is there anything else about the dyad, Brent, we should know and study up on before our next council meeting? Yep. So I'll leave it off with this one last little thing related to the dyad. Um, And then you guys can kick this around for a little bit. Uh, So it it relates to the force ghosts. So you get into the force ghost things and it's that forming a force ghost is strictly a light side ability. Yep. And it was only mastered very recently. So the first one to master it or to learn of it was Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah. But he died before he could master it. So he can only come back as a disembodied voice and can't form the full spirit. Yeah. Uh, the only ones that have mastered it and are able to come back as a force ghost have been Yoda, Obi-Wan, Anakin, Luke, and Leia. So those five people there. And we also noticed that when all five of those disappeared or when they died, their body physically left the presence as well. And then they became the force ghost. Great point. Now back to the dyad. So when Ben dies Mm -hmm. after he saves Ray and brings her back to life, what happens to his body? It disappears. Disappears. It disappears, but he does not form a force ghost because he didn't know and how to do it. So does his body merge with Ray because they were a dyad and connected? Are they one at this point? Right. Did he, you know, when he disappeared, did he become one with Ray completely? And that's where Ben Solo now resides. It's, if there Which wasn't makes taking the Skywalker name even more appropriate. Exactly. And that's if there wasn't that dyad connection, I would say his mother went and got him. And maybe, you know, I don't know. She has her force ghost there, but like maybe just didn't know how or whatever. But you're right. With it. so There's that connection now. It feels like they are one. And it is fitting, like you said, that the Force go or the Force Ghost that she she calls herself Skywalker because she's kind of technically part Skywalker now. They're connected. Are you freaking kidding me, Brent? I think you just blew my mind. Nettie, is this a bunch of malarkey? I, I mean, or is this is this is this speaking to you, man? Is this are you having this moment that I'm having that like the, the rise of Skywalker makes a lot more sense now? Yeah. That's definitely speaking to me, though. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely a really interesting idea and really cool thought process. And the other layer on that, too, is, I mean, since Ray died before that, but she didn't disappear. Yeah. What was going on with that? Like, did she go into Kylo? Then Kylo 
open yeah. pan, I guess. Phrasing. Just give it back. Yeah. I mean, this back and forth. I completely agree. No, that that makes it extra complicated. She did not disappear. Yeah. Is that like, is that just the force at will then saying it's not your time? Like, oh. evil's got to die. Ben's got to pay for his sins. Someone has to, you have to, if, 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 we're, if we're going back to that, that religion aspect, like, like Joy was saying, you got to pay for those sins, my friend. I mean, you murdered your father. You got to go. You're not going to be able to live out your life at this point. You got to go. Got to go. It's just, it, Jory, I mean, you like the rise of Skywalker, and there's some plot holes for sure. But, I mean, we're getting this novelization. It's kind of layering out the, the dyad for us. I mean, are you buying it or are you selling it? I'm buying it. Um, and what Brent just read as far as, you know, that last piece with the dyad, that's really cool. Um, gave me goosebumps actually. Let's uh, go. Oh, chills, bro. And so, you know, then it kind of starts drawing into other things is, you know, if he did become one with her completely, um, does that mean that once, you know, if once she dies, you know, can she become a master of, of, you know, becoming a force ghost and would that bring, Ben back, yeah, you know, to where he could become a force ghost himself. Um, would that take more mastery, you know? And and now you're kind of getting into like, uh, <laughs> kind of levels at that point, yeah. Uh, but or once you know he's with her and you know she's able to come back as a force ghost, um, is it just her? Does she bring him along with you know? And it it just brings up a lot of different, uh, um, uh just more questions you know that you have about it and it's pretty awesome it definitely does like especially if we get any new material in the future from disney about ray i mean ray's gonna be like an ultra complex new age of jedi more new age than even luke skywalker in in like the the legacy of the force and fate of the jedi like different different feel of the of the jedi and 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 what they're about but like ray's got a little dark in her I mean, we probably won't see that replicated ever again. So whoever she teaches isn't likely going to really good. have the abilities that she has. But she's going to be a complex character. How is she going to teach this to people? I want to know about it. Now I know even more than I did before, and I want to see Ray. I want to see it play out a little more. Uh, Rob, I mean, are, 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 no, yeah, I know yeah. she's, she's insane right Let's now. Let's go. Like she, you, you guys popped her mind. Go what are you thinking, Molly? So... When when you brought up when Luke disappeared and stuff, yeah, uh, he when he was when he wasn't taking the shots and he was just standing there from Kylo Ren, he was really taking those, but he was in a, like a different world and that was a fake him. Yeah, and then but then the shots were turned from him. Yeah, and then when he and then he sacrificed his life for the rebels. Yeah, that being said, did Leia? sacrifice herself to make the image of Han to make Kylo Ren turn. Boy, that's a hot topic. It is. And I, I think a lot of people do think that. I think they think that, I, I mean, I, Ben says he's a memory. And I, I kind of, to me, if you, if you, if you have Leia going in, and in, in, I don't want to say that Leia is, is interrupting the moment that they're having to me it, it that sounds terrible because she's his mother she should she should be involved in this moment it's like he killed his father 
And the fact that he's grappling with that and he's speaking to a memory of his father, I like that they're having that moment. Because to me, the only way that Ben can be forgiven is if he has the forgiveness of his father. So to me, I don't necessarily want Leia to be involved at all. I, I know Han's not Force-sensitive, but I like that it's that it's the father-son connection at that point. It's not has nothing to do with the Force, right? It's it's a it's a you're my kin, you're my son, and that's that's more powerful than the Force because I love you no matter what. I know what you did, and, and I know you didn't mean what you did. You were lost, and we're here to come take you home now. I, to me, it's that's that familial story of star wars that i love so much that's more powerful than the force because to me if leia goes in there and says i'm gonna shoot this image of han for you it takes away from that moment of father and son that i love so much it's it's so similar to luke and vader it just it's bigger than the force in that moment it's forgiveness it's compassion it's love it's 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 unconditional love at that point yeah brent i was gonna say i i think it's it's her man, slightly manipulating his memory. Like he has the memory of him and that's yeah. the honest part. Yeah. But there's one thing that Han says during that exchange that could only have come from Leia. And that's when he says, I know. Yeah. Great because point, that, man. He, Great Kylo point. Would not have heard him. That that's would true. Have, wouldn't have been something that came from him, but that was, yeah. that was Leia because he says, you know, he, he can't say that I love you, but Han says, I know. That's and she's point. the only one that would have known that exchange. That's a great so point. I kind of, kind of like a, there, like guiding that memory. And it's almost kind of like a wink, like, right. Hey, mom's here. Like that, that's what it is. Yeah. Jory. Uh, and, uh, when Brent just said guiding that memory, I think that that's, that's really good. And cause I was just going to say that I think grow, even growing up that, you know, he wouldn't have said it to Ben to, you know what I mean? Like he just, he doesn't say, I love you. Yeah. Um, you know, and so he would have even, as a as a boy, you know, Ben says, you know, I love you, Dad, or whatever. Yeah. Oh, we might have lost Jory. Jory there down. He goes. Jory down. You got tornadoes out there again? <laughs> oh God, I hope not. I hope he didn't just black out on his computer from um, dehydration. While we're waiting for Jory to yeah. come back, I'll just kind of oh. piggyback off of you guys because I think it's a little bit of both, and I think the reason why Ben says or. Kylo or Ben in that moment, I don't know who you want to call him right then, but I think the reason why he says you're a memory is because he's in denial, because he's terrified. He had pushed everything that him and Han had gone through in that moment when he killed him, he pushed down, and now seeing Han in front of him, he's forced to face it again, and he doesn't want to do that. And so by saying, like, you're a memory, it's saying, you're not real, you're not here, I'm dissociating myself from what's happening right now, because this is just all in my head. Holly, I, it's as if it were, and and I think I th- I think I know what you're saying, and I think that could be why J.J. Uh, Abrams almost word for word replayed that moment there on the scaffolding or the walkway there on on uh, Starkiller Base, right? It's almost word for word. It's slightly different, but it's almost as if that's how it was supposed to go, and Ben suppressed that moment so much. And in his most vulnerable state, that memory reappears. Yeah. And that's how it should have went. That's the forgiveness. I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Three words. Let's go. Isn't it beautiful? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on the verge of tears as we talk about it. It is one of my favorite moments in Star Wars. And I love that, to me, it was just a father-son moment. And to a lot of you guys, it's, it's Leia's there in that moment, too. It's almost like a... Um, 
And now that I think about it, like if you bring Leia into the mix, it's almost like, you know, Ben and, and Han didn't have the greatest relationship. I mean, we, we hear about it in life debt. We hear about Han being like, I'm not really cut out for this father thing. I don't know how to handle the kid. Like, not the best relationship. We obviously see that on Star Starkiller base. Ben stabs his dad. But it's almost like Leia almost reaching out to even Han in his memory. And even Han, I don't want to say Han's in the afterlife, but it's like, He's not the touchy-feely guy. He probably isn't tapping into his emotions, but Leia going and saying, I, we need this moment. You have to say, this is where you save your son. And and it's bringing up that memory of that moment. And maybe she allowed that to happen and bring that moment to Ben again and say, here's your opportunity for redemption that you didn't take before because you were lost. I just like, and, and these are these are the conversations, guys, that we need to be having all the time. <laughs> It's like you think you've seen the movie five times. You own it on Blu-ray. Cool. It's a beautiful scene, Michael. It's a father-son moment. But it's like it's bigger than that. There's always something else. It's bigger than that. And you guys just proved that. And Holly, you also just digging deep. And that, that's, that's that emotional connection to Star Wars. The Force is fantastic. I love talking about the Force. But sometimes it's these moments that there could be some Force influence there. But it's, it's that emotional connection. It's that familial connection that seems to overcome all. Jory, we lost you mid-thought, my friend. What were, what were you going to come in hot with? Uh, honestly, at this point, I don't even remember. <laughs> Jory got sucked into it, the world between worlds. He made it well, out, though. It, it Seriously. was the same thing that happened the other time when Skype just decided to kick us all off. Yeah. So I thought maybe that was going on because I could hear you guys for – you know, a good another two minutes or so. So, um, but no, I honestly, I think it was all gone at this point, <laughs> man. It's okay. It, we're going to, I mean, there's gonna be plenty of time to talk about it. I can't believe guys, how much I learned tonight. I hope you guys learned something too. This has been an educate, one of the most educational experiences talking star Wars as I've ever had Holly. How about you? Oh, 100%. 100%. Well, we have our um, in-house uh, doctor here. Seriously. Brent, Thank so. goodness. Brent, I'm... Uh, I didn't do that much school. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, though. I, I love the timeline that you came up with, and we're going to pick up where we left off and in our next discussion. I think we pick up on this because, man, it brings up great moments, and, and we're going to continue to talk about the Force, and, and man... I, I'm going to try to come even more prepared than I was tonight, but it just sometimes it's just instinct, guys, and that's that's how I look at the force. Sometimes it's just an instinct and it's a feeling, and uh, I, I go to it when I need it. And this is one of those moments, and I'm so happy that we had this conversation. And I hope you guys listening on on the interwebs enjoyed this conversation. You just witnessed a real-life moment of people learning from discussion, and I think that's something that we all need to do a little more. We need to listen a little more. And, and, and you know, you think you know Star Wars. Just have a conversation with someone, and maybe if you listen a little more, you'll learn a little something, and that's what we did here tonight. So I hope you enjoyed that. We're going to continue with a part two discussion back bouncing right off from the High Republic and the little that we know about it. Maybe we'll speculate a little more, but talk about what's a little more familiar to us in Star Wars and then even maybe the future of the Force and what we expect from it. But, I mean, this was a long one, phrasing, but one of the best conversations I think we've ever had. So I want to thank Brent. I want to thank Nettie. I want to thank Rob. I want to thank Molly, too, bringing some sweaty knowledge. And I want to thank Jory as well. Holly, 
lovely as always. One of our best mm-hmm. conversations, I think. I agree. I think this was really great, and it was so much fun. And it was kind of so nice fun. to sit back and just listen for a little bit. I, I love how prepared these guys are, and, and something as open-ended and general as the force can instigate and, and, and create some of the best conversation and, and the best the, just the best hangout that we've ever had. This is why we do this. We're learning from each other, and everyone is rocking sick flying casual shirts today. So, folks, if you have a chance and you're listening, go to YouTube. Go check this out on YouTube. I got a few handsome guys here. You know, I don't know about Jory. Jory takes a lot of the, the, the limelight a lot of times. We got a bunch of a bunch of handsome people, a lovely young Padawan there on camera. Um, and if you want to look at this ugly mug, and I'm talking about Holly, uh, go ahead and check out YouTube. Um, and, and subscribe, like the video, and like all of our stuff um, if you can. And if you're listening on a po- podcasting platform like Apple Podcasts, go ahead and check us out there. If you can give us a five-star review, we'd love that. Tell us what you like about it if you have constructive feedback. You know, don't just sit there and say we hate episode two, but like, you know, provide some constructive feedback. Or just tell us you love us. Tell us you love us. We'll take that too. We'll take that as well. But I hope you guys enjoy this in all aspects and you can connect with each and every one of these guys and talk about sweaty Star Wars every single day in our Flying Casual Facebook group that is bumping. It's bumping. It's one of the coolest hangouts in the galaxy. (laughs) And I'm not just biased. I honestly think it is. Um, Some of the best discussions in there. Um, And Holly, even you and I are doing a little gaming streaming lately. So be on the lookout for some of that on the YouTubes as well. Um, A warning to anyone, you know, not wanting to listen to explicit content. That's not where you should go. Yeah, don't don't listen don't even watch it. It's like gaming with a sailor, and Holly is the sailor. So if you're not looking for explicit content, uh, yeah. I should say explicit language um, and probably. the content, uh, <laughs> don't come check out the YouTube uh, gaming streaming. But uh, we are here each and every Monday with a new podcast for you guys. And like I said, you can you can join us in the Facebook group. You can go out and check us out on Patreon. Join these guys here in the in the Jedi Knight or Jedi Master Class and join these conversations. It gets deep and sweaty every month. Um, and, uh, Nettie, I got to come out and ask this. I mean, are we ready for a trivia trial or what? Oh, we're definitely ready. Let's oh. go. We have got the promo materials ready. Wes and Nate, a TBD date, Holly, on the trial. But That we- is two determined to be determined yes for those of you who do not understand that um we are still waiting some scheduling uh you know our people are talking to their people their people talking to our people we're you know working out some scheduling things yeah. um but fully expect expecting some sweaty trivia holly i cannot wait i think you almost just said ex sweat ex it's gonna be sweaty i'm sweating um, <laughs> there's gonna be sweaty questions but a really good time i cannot wait to 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 see those guys do some trivia so expect that shortly uh holly our book club once again another announcement yes that will be on saturday the 8th so august 8th august 8th you have a little bit of time if you haven't finished dark disciple yet get in there and be ready for that book club discussion mm-hmm. um and book club discussions will be taking place the second saturday now of every yes. month trying to plan things out a little ahead of time and our patreon um casual council sessions will be the last saturday of every month so good content there for everyone um yeah, anything, any closing any closing remarks, Holly? Those are all my closing remarks. Perfect. Well, guys, I hope you enjoy this. I hope you join us next time. Um, and, yeah, I think that about does it. And so I will just end things here by saying, may the Force in all its ways be with you.